The following is an Auburn Network production. You are on the line. Live on ESPN 1067, Auburn Opelika's sports leader. Online at ESPNAU.com or on the ESPN 1067 app. To be on the line, call in at 334-321-1390 or toll free at 888-382-7502. You are on the line with Jacob Goertz. You're on the line here on ESPN 1067, Auburn Opelika Sports Leader. Happy Monday, everybody. Hope you're doing well on this Monday, December 11th, 2023. This is the Monday edition of On the Line, the show that tells you like it is and holds nothing back. I'm Jacob Goins. He is Uncle T-Bone Wade Bennett with you inside the Auburn Plaza Bar and Lounge Studio on a Monday afternoon. Hope you're all doing well. A beautiful day outside. A little chilly, but hey, I had frost on the windshield this morning, folks. Frost on the windshield here in Auburn and so again I like the cold but most people don't and it doesn't get frosty windshields down here very often Uncle Tebow yeah I mean uh remind you of home Jacob yeah it did yeah and when you and when I was growing up going to school if your windshield was frosted over we didn't prepare in time and I didn't get up in time to go out and start the truck and let it warm up and the whole thing defrost so you'd go out and you'd scrape a circle just big enough to where you could see out the windshield and make it to school on time yeah, so the, the, the window on the side window was not rolling down either so uh, no always use cold water when you throw it on your windshield and not hot or crack your windshield I learned that one one time the hard way oh so no that's what I always did I just got there with a bucket of water and roll it on to school so much better mood this Monday Jacob than I was last Monday yeah some good things happening locally on the plains um, a lot of exciting things to tie I mean we can just probably just open up the phones again I mean, it's a, this is it's wild right now yes There's it is so much to talk about yes there is a basketball to talk about football to talk about national stuff to talk about i mean there is so much uh two hours today will not be enough but good thing is we're here all week so you can be with us on the show here on the phone lines we want to hear from you on a monday afternoon what's your biggest takeaways from the weekend whether it be auburn football auburn basketball and what they did anything you want to talk about on a monday afternoon we want to hear from you 334-321-1390 that number again is 334-321-1390 give us a call you can be on the line we've got like i mentioned we've got auburn basketball to talk about we have auburn football to talk about with transfer portal recruiting and with guys returning we have three topics there to talk about um we also have some national things to talk about in the game of college basketball uh there's some controversy going on in the nfl right now i mean there is all sorts of stuff happening in the world of sports and so uh, uncle tebow without further ado let's jump into this because we've got a lot to get to in the next two hours auburn basketball on saturday went to atlanta to take on indiana for the holiday hoops giving in a game i thought was going to be close i think everybody thought was going to be close a lot of auburn fans were stressed and worried about this game and they were probably a little stressed and worried in those first couple of minutes where indiana seemed like they couldn't miss they go up 22 to 10 the hoosiers take most of their starters out and auburn pounced 
and they never looked back. 28-point victory, hung 104 on the Hoosiers in Atlanta, and a big win for Auburn basketball. Yeah, I think the Tigers went on almost a 29-4 to run during that time. Um, we talked about this Friday. You had Auburn winning just by the number, which was six. I had us covering, pulling away late. Those first few minutes of the game, Indiana was doing everything that we talked about that we feared they could do. They were running it inside, outside, making shots, rebounding. Auburn looked a little sluggish. We said that they needed to get off to a good start and not be sluggish like they were against Appalachian State. And then all of a sudden, the game started changing slowly but surely. And uh, I looked over to my friend, the barber shop, and I went up to the game. I understand he had a, a call in with uh, Jack after the show on 94.3. We listened to a good bit of that. It was awesome. Shout out to them, him and Kyle. Um, but uh, <laughs> I looked over at him. I said, hey, man, I think this was midway through the first half. I was like, I think Indiana's a little tired. Mm-hmm. And they were. They were tired. And once Auburn took that lead initially, I think it was around 27 points, 28 points to 25 or 26 or so, they never looked back. Indiana was completely shell-shocked. Their fan base, which was loud and proud for about that first half, first half of the first half, yeah. were completely shell-shocked. And look, there were more Indiana fans there than Auburn. They were. They outnumbered Auburn down fans. low. Yeah. Now, up high... Uh, That arena goes pretty vertical. You could see a lot of Auburn fans. I was down low. Uh, We were in an Auburn, predominantly Auburn section. But there were several, several, several more Indiana fans than Auburn fans. I'd say it was 65% Indiana fans. I I think that's fair. 60 to 65%. And uh, they didn't have a lot to cheer for come about five minutes before the first half ended and they knew it was over. Yeah, they did. And, And I think something that really got to Indiana in this basketball game was Auburn's depth and the fact that Auburn legitimately has 10 to 11 guys that they can play that you don't have a significant drop off and I talk about that all the time on this show and to with friends and on x and whatever like that is so huge to have a team not just to have depth but to have depth that you don't have you don't take a step back when they step on the floor, right? When Trey Donaldson, KD Johnson, Dylan Cardwell, Chad Baker, Mazart, when those guys step on the floor, you're not losing a whole lot. There are times where you're actually playing better than what the starters did. And that is what championship-level teams are built. Not every team is built like that, and not every championship team has that. But, man, Auburn does. Auburn has that. Indiana plays about seven guys, and Auburn can play 10 to 11. And what that allows, and what it allowed on Saturday, was Auburn to press, Auburn to run, Auburn to be physical, Auburn to be fast, and they are never tired because guys get good rotational minutes, and the Hoosiers couldn't keep up. No, no. And Auburn's a much better shooting team than Indiana on the year, and you saw that as the game went on. The Hoosiers were hot, man. They hit their first three threes, they hit four in the first half, and didn't do anything since. And Auburn laid it on them for 40 minutes, man. Once they got hot, it was over. And um, this team played a really, really good game and such a good game that Auburn swept the SEC Weekly Awards. Aiden Holloway earned Freshman of the Week in the SEC, and Jalen Williams earned SEC Player of the Week for their performances on Saturday. And here's what I say about that. It's crazy what happens when he puts his head down and has some aggression and plays the game of basketball. He can be the best one on the floor. I say it all the time. So congratulations to those two guys. 
you know, do you think Indiana would have liked to have had Trey Donaldson as their point guard? Saturday? Yeah, you better believe From what it. I saw, and he's coming off the bench. Off the bench. I mean, he is a beast. And you're going to continue to see him play more and more and probably Aiden Holloway, Holloway be on the court with him. You talk about dangerous. Mm-hmm. I mean, there were so many different combinations. It's impossible that Bruce Pearl had out there Saturday to d- discuss every one of them in detail, right? Mm-hmm. So you just got to talk about the individual play. Do you think, Jacob, if I'd have told you on the ride up to Atlanta Saturday that Janai Broom would have only had two points, we'd have won the basketball game? No. not Yeah, not even a blowout win, not even win. I, right. I don't think that would have been possible. Auburn continued to get stronger and stronger and stronger as that game went on. What an, a complete 180 from one week ago up in Boone, North Carolina against Appalachian State. I mean, Tigers go... 14 of 29 from 3, 48% in the free throws. Here we go. We talked about this. 20 of 23, 87% against Appalachian State. Tigers shoot 9 and 19 from the free throw line. And I know everyone's tired of me saying it. 3 from 27 from the Mm -hmm. three-point line. In one week's time, you saw the very best of Auburn basketball and probably the very worst that you're going to see all season. Yeah. And they were amped up ready to roll that was showtime in atlanta which is a massive massive basketball market especially in the south especially for recruiting purposes and aau auburn has been pretty dominant there recruiting under bruce pearl and uh look any i think they could they would have beaten any team in college basketball playing like that in that arena saturday well bruce pearl said i mean that's the best that team can play and he told head coach mike woodson that of indiana he told him that he said look that's the best we can play and i bruce bruce actually got mad at me in the post-game press conference because i asked him i was the first question i said bruce I said, how can you ensure that your team tries to play like that every single night? And he just laughed. I and mean, they're obviously not going to play that way every night. But I didn't word it the way I wanted to. But he got mad and he said, if that was Coach Knight answering that question, he'd be on your you-know-what. And, and everybody you know, everybody started right. laughing. But, um, yeah, I mean, dude, if this team plays like this, there's not a team in the country that can beat them. When you rebound the basketball, which Auburn did, you had 39, uh, 39 rebounds to Indiana's 35, which I think that's impressive in itself to Very out-rebound so. a team that Indiana's a taller team than you. from In the starters, and most of the time, they're a taller team than you. You out-rebound them by three. You mentioned the shooting numbers already. And again, I go back to the depth because – Take out Janai Broom, who averages 19 points a game, who had two. You had three starters in double digits with Jalen Williams and Aiden Holloway both having 24. And I want to get to those guys again in just a second. Denver Jones had a solid game. Great to see him start to build a little confidence a little bit. And he's such a good shooter, man. When he is feeling it, his stroke is so pretty for a shooting guard. He had 12 points on the evening. Yeah, and that was a quiet 12. Yes, it was. Um, you know, I, how many people am I counting here that registered points? 14 for Auburn Saturday. Is that correct? One, two, three, four, five, six, seven, mm-hmm. Over 14 people put the ball in the basket. And that's what I'm saying is you had that's three starters, crazy. three starters in double digits, and then you had three guys off the bench with double digits. Right. Thanks to Trey Donaldson with 10, Chad Baker Mazar with 11, and KD Johnson had a great game with 14 and a, an effective shooting night as well for KD Johnson. And here's the big thing. Here's the number that blows me away. You had 3 total turnovers on the night. 3. That includes things at Indiana Force, that includes the non-force turnovers, right? Bad passes, shoe shiners, all that stuff, traveling. 
You had three turnovers in a 40-minute basketball game. I don't care who you're playing. You could be playing the dream team. If you shoot the way you did here and you turn the ball over just three times, you have a great chance to win some basketball games, man. This was Bruce Pearl's right. This is the best this team can play. You know, they're not going to shoot like that at their best. They're not going to have that many people play in a game 14, like I was trying to say just a minute ago, at their best. Uh, It's hard for a team to get up that much and and play at that level. I mean, that was the type level that Auburn basketball was playing in the 2019 tournament after the first game in the three-game run up Mm -hmm. to Virginia in the Final Four. So they are very capable of playing that. I think the intensity level, as long as the intensity level is there, they're going to win a ton of basketball games no matter how they shoot and how they play because that that they got after Indiana defensively. Some other things I noticed while I was at the game watching Mike Woodson, former NBA coach from the – he was coaching, trying to coach the referees almost the entire game and even late into the, late into the game. And Bruce Pearl was coaching his team. Mm-hmm. You know, and, and, and I think that he, he got a little lost in trying to work the referees, meaning the Indiana coach, and lost a little focus on what was happening on the court. Auburn was also mixing up their defense and who was guarding who on inbound plays. The big 7-1 guy for Indiana, I noticed, on an inbound plane was being guarded by K.D. Johnson. <laughs> and they throw it in, and all of a sudden it was by design – Two people crash down and help them mm-hmm. turnover Indiana, right? And I'll tell you another thing. It was great to see KD Johnson really in his hometown get after it. Yep, that's another advantage Auburn has. If you had to, he could run point. Mm-hmm. I mean, Auburn is so deep in the guard play; it is physical deepness too. Donaldson and Johnson are beast out there defensively. They're they're like Dumars and Vinny Johnson from the Pistons. There you, you go. don't want to get in a shoving match with them. No. No, they, they and they yeah, they're and, they're some tough dudes, no yeah, doubt. And KD rattled the Indiana offense with his intensity and defensive play so much when he took a break later than he normally does he's playing so well he stayed out there longer than normal I think the Indiana fans were like waving get him on the bench get him off the court please we don't want to see him anymore yeah Indiana just couldn't hang guard play and you know they had their sixth year starting point guard who didn't play in this game but I mean Auburn's guards just had a field day Uh, again Aiden Holloway had his best game of his college career 24 points 7 of 11 from the field 5 of 8 from downtown and 5 of 5 from the free throw line you'll take that I mean didn't have any turnovers which is perfect for a point guard and had two assists would I like to see the assist numbers be more sure but if Aiden Holloway is going to be shooting like that that's fine with me and so I want to talk about Aiden Holloway and Jayla Williams when we come back. Plus, we're going to get to the phone line. Shane, you'll be first up when we come back as we take our first break here on the Monday edition of On the Line. You are on the line on ESPN 1067, online at ESPNAU.com or on the ESPN 1067 app. Let's get to the phone lines here on the Monday edition of On the Line, 334-321-1390. Shane, you're on the line with Jacob Goins and Uncle T-Bone. What's up? Hey, how y'all doing today? Doing good, man. What's on your mind? Uh, I'm just I'm just glad that the uh, perspective has changed since last week. It's not as much doubting and complaining and whining um, from fans and whoever about, uh, about uh, Auburn. You know, about Auburn, yep. But it, uh, my question is, is it going to be like that 
every time we lose a game, like we just it's just the end of the world and then we forgot that we played good last game. Or is it gonna be game to game? I just think it depends on how they play. Right? You know, if if Auburn plays up to its potential or plays near it but, but, and plays with intensity. Said, y'all just said y'all just said that that is basically impossible for for a team I mean like Bruce Pearl just scolded you because you said if we play like that, you know, not everybody's going we're not going well, that's I don't potential think potential right there. I mean, yeah, I mean, to an extent, yeah, I mean, that's the absolute that's the highest of the high of the high. Right. I mean, there, there's no right. chance any play, any team could play to that level. But if you play somewhere near that, which I think this team could do consistently, then yeah, I mean, you're going to have a great chance to win and you shouldn't lose very many games. But the problem is, Shane, and you bring up an interesting point here, the problem is now going to be Auburn fans know that that is in the tank, right? They know that that right. card is in the deck somewhere, and if it's not played exactly. every single game, there's going to be a group that are upset, and you can't help those people. They're going to be upset regardless, but I think you bring up an interesting point. It's just like it's just like Gus's first year here. We, we, we set the bar extremely high. Just imagine if he had gone 6-6 six and six that first year and then 8-4 and four, then 10-2 and, and then gone upward instead of, you know, almost win the natty and then and then you're 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 okay but but the expectation was so high that 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 we we expect this we expect right. greatness now yeah and, and we do we do from our basketball because bruce has brought it and we we do expect that greatness but there's also a level of reality that that these are kids and and uh they just it takes energy and i don't, i can't get out there and do that for you know twice a week for, for that length of period of time. So I, I give them props for getting up and doing that and showing out. And I I, I hope that we see something. Um, we're not going to see that. If we see that, you know, at once, uh, once every three games, awesome. That would right. be awesome. And then, and, then, and then kind of like more realistic for the rest of them. Just don't miss every three-pointer, you know, uh, when you when you go whatever it was for Appalachian three and twenty seven nineteen or something like that you know yeah three for twenty seven. Uh, we're not going to win that game. Right. And, and so, I, you know, I think it's for Auburn fans on the basketball side of things, it's under it's it's a realistic expectation for this team to shoot, you know, comparing the numbers from Saturday, right? 48% from the field, 48% from three, and 87% from the free throw line. And you put up 104 points. I think it's a realistic expectation for Auburn basketball fans to have their team shoot around 50% from the floor, I think anywhere 30 and up, 35% and up at the three-point line is respectable. And this team should shoot over 80%. There are good shooters on this team. The only one that's not great at the free-throw line are Janai and Dylan. But those are centers, and that's just how that goes sometimes. But everybody else is a really good shooter. So, And I think this team should be able to consistently put up 75 to 80 points. And if they do that with the defense that they play, Auburn's going to win a lot of games this year. But fans cannot expect a 50% 50% shooting night and 104 points in every basketball game with six players at double digits. That's just unrealistic game in and game out. Right. Yeah. Anyway, guys, where are you going? Appreciate the call, Shane. 334-321-1390. And, and again, you can't, you can't expect that. But as I said, there are fans. And look, everybody sees it now. Like, that is the ceiling, highest of the high, the best that this team can play. Does it mean that it'll never happen again? No, but 
it doesn't mean it's always going to happen against a good team. I mean, you beat a good Indiana team on Saturday. You beat, you beat a big-name brand and a good basketball team. This may happen. It, a, it may never happen again. It could happen on Wednesday against UNC Asheville, or it could be against Kentucky later on in the year. Or, again, it may never happen, but there has to be a realistic expectation, and I think that's what it is, Uncle T-Bone. Around 80 points a game, shoot around 50% from the floor, around 35 to 40% from three, and knock down 80% of your free throws as a team. I feel like we had this conversation last week already. Like, and I feel like my answer was, you know, is it just too much for me to expect Auburn beating Appalachian State in any sport? I mean, we're, we're Auburn University. We're a, we're a, we're a big boy mm-hmm. athletic program with a $100 million budget at least, right? I mean, is it too much for me to ask us not to shoot 11% from the three-point line ever again? Okay? I saw, it last, I saw it last Sunday. Is it just too much for me to ask that? I don't think so. I don't think so. And I don't think it's very realistic for me to not be excited that we just played the best game that we've played in not only this season, but probably in a couple of years. Mm-hmm. Do I expect that to be the standard for every game? No. I don't think that anybody with a rational rational fandom thinks that but that's why fans are fans well here's i think what auburn fans should expect you played your probably your worst game of the year against app state and you just played your best game against indiana auburn fans should want to be somewhere in between on a consistent basis game in and game out you should want to be somewhere in the middle of course you want to be a little bit closer to the indiana performance rather than closer to the app state performance but that would get you to around 80 points a game. Good shooting, good rebounding, good defense, and good effort. And I think Bruce Pearl and this team hold themselves to that sort of standard, as they should. And Shane was talking about Auburn fans' expectations because Bruce has brought that here. Absolutely. This is year 10 for Bruce Pearl at Auburn. Year 10. Auburn fans are ready, man. It's the same way with the Final Four season. They saw the potential, right? That card's in the deck somewhere. Is it going to get played, right? Are you going to hit it on the river, hit it on the flop? Is it going to be in there somewhere? Or is it going to be tucked under your sleeve and under the dealer's nose and never see it again? You know what I mean? Like, fan, this Auburn fan base has seen the highs and they've seen the lows. They're just ready for more highs in year 10 under Bruce Pearl. Yeah, and I think Saturday brought all that out. I, I am I'm excited that if the Auburn fan base is actually moving more towards an expectation of not just uh, regional success and the old adage, uh, uh, what's heaven for an Auburn man beating Alabama? I'm excited that Auburn fans are getting to a point where we expect more from all of our athletic programs and we expect national championship contention, Mm -hmm. or at least to be in the talk of it, every single year and and that's what i expect out of my programs yeah and i feel like that's what john cohen has brought in his short time as the ad i think that i think that auburn is in the best position for the three major sports to be in that conversation every year moving forward that we've been in since probably pat dye sonny smith and how baird were the coaches here so yeah i I, i'm not i'm gonna be upset when auburn loses 
I'm not going to be upset because the basketball bounces different, you know, in different directions and it's a tight game and you're on the road or you're at home and, so, you know, you're going up against some of the best teams in the country and they take you down late. Mm-hmm. But, heck, yeah, I'm going to be upset if we shoot 3 of 27 from the three-point line against the Appalachian State Mountaineers. That's ridiculous. And come up short in NCAA tournament runs and stuff like that. And, and come up short up in the conference. And, yeah, yeah, I mean, the last couple of years in the uh, – a round of 32 we've looked terrible Mm -hmm. and we've looked like we didn't want to be there and we got out hustled and out coached and out played i'm going to tell you that our coaching staff doesn't like it either right so yeah they got a taste of getting to that final four you don't think bruce pearl don't want to get back there which is why i've said in the past that this coaching staff especially bruce pearl we all love bp i love i love bruce him and i we have a good relationship he's a great coach here and he's an Auburn legend already, but he is not hes not above criticism. I've said that. As great as he is and the things that he's done for Auburn basketball, he is not above criticism. No coach is above criticism. I don't care if they're Auburn or not. Bill Belichick's not above criticism. Nick Saban's not above criticism. And BP's not either. And I'm not saying I'm not criticizing right now. I'm just saying in the overall outlook on Auburn basketball, it's time. It's time to start winning. And look at how good this team is, man. I said it preseason. This is the most talented team Auburn has ever had, that Bruce Pearl has ever had. So fans should have high expectations. I'm with you. I mean, I sat there and listened to Alabama fans after week two, after Steve Sarkeesian rolled up into Bryant-Denny and Rick rolled the tide talking about how it's time for Saban to retire. Yeah, He's the greatest of all time. That's what fans do. That's what fans do. I like it. 334-321-1390. We're going to get to the phone lines when we come back and change our conversation into some football. We got a lot to talk about there, too. Auburn Opelika's sports leader. All right, 30 minutes into this first hour here on a Monday edition of On the Line. He's Uncle T-Bone. I'm Jacob Goins. We're going to get to football in just a second. But, Ed, you held on through the break. You're on the line. What's up, man? Uh, uh, Hey, okay, guys. Uh, Hey, I'm going to say something about, uh, hey, T-Bone's good talking both of y'all. Hey, Ed, how are you? I'm doing all right, man. I I was just going to call. I I just want y'all to give me your opinion if, if you're sitting there and listening to someone that's a radio host or a broadcaster whatever and he's talking about auburn university and that they've been able to flip a few people because it's all this nil money's just so ridiculous and and then with uh, ron williams you know and boy this guy's been uh committed to alabama for you know quite a while and mm-hmm. but but now if uh it seems that the nil if there's enough money he might he might change from being committed to auburn and my stance is that yes auburn will pay what, what the going rate is or whatever everybody has to but to make that statement is absolutely disrespectful 
about everything. That that's the only reason the kid is disrespectful to the kid. It's disrespectful to Auburn. If that's the only, the kid will definitely get on the field quicker at Auburn. Yeah, I mean, what do y'all think? Who, who that, made the statement, get, Ed? Who, who are we referring to making this uh, to nefarious Doug. statement? Okay. Uh, this morning, and, and you know, and I had it out with him. I called him. I told him. I said, "This, uh, you know, of course, he won't let you talk. He he just drums you out, you know." But yeah, he's the one that made it, and he didn't only say it about. He acted like all the kids that Auburn had flipped. Now, you know, he, so he's you know, saying he, you're he, you're saying that that Doug Amos. On the midday, on, on, on the on the midday show, is saying that the only reason any of these really good players are coming to Auburn is because they're being paid a bunch of money. Yes, that is that is exactly what he said about Ryan Williams. Now he didn't say that, but he insinuated that about the others. But this morning, he exactly you know he's like, well, the only reason he would go to another school that the other one that he's been committed to for so long is the NIL. And yeah, I don't agree totally with that. Disrespectful. I, I mean, that's disrespectful. To yeah, the kids I, and, to, and to the coaches, and to, I mean, it's disrespectful. I, to I hear where you're everything. coming from. I do. I hear where you're coming from, Ed. And look, I'll I'll yeah. zoom out here and just talk on a on a larger scale for any kid uh-huh. that that is committed to one place and decides to decommit and commit to another place. I mean, unless you are. His family, his friends, his yeah. coaches, or anything, you don't really know the reason. And I don't care if people on message boards claim that they know stuff or not. Most of them don't. And well, they, you, nobody knows that unless the kid and his family, right, and why he left a certain place. So I get what you're saying. And, and this is the other thing that you'll hear. What I've, I've heard from people I know, I know people, I, I can't name names, but I, you, you know, and it's just, I, I'm, I'm sick of it. But but uh, on a positive note, uh, uh, on football, mm-hmm. I am so excited about the recruiting momentum that is going. Yeah. Uh, some of the guys that are looking, that are really looking. And I think, you know, I, I think most all of them are just honestly, you know, excited about coming. We've got good facilities. Uh, they've got a good coaching staff. Uh, I, I think they're going in a positive direction. And, I, you know, I, I'm just so excited about how they're doing in recruiting. Absolutely. And, and one thing, yeah, one thing, and I'll let y'all go, and then I'll let y'all talk football, and I, I really appreciate you letting me talk. But yeah. Uh, basketball, man, mm-hmm. I, I am so, uh, that was, I mean, Bruce Pearl, kind of, you know, he's, it was just beautiful. It was nice to watch a team play like they did. You know, assist and everything against Indiana. Yeah, did y'all read his comments about that game? Mm-hmm. Yeah, and I was there. I was in the post game press conference with with Bruce, oh, and okay. he had some things to say. <laughs> mm-hmm. right. Yep, yeah. yep. But but I mean, was it as pretty in person as it was? Uh, you know, here I don't know. I, I'm just proud of you know they've got a lot of guys scoring, and uh, Aiden. You know, I mean, he, mm-hmm. he's gonna. You think he'll stay more than a year? <laughs> no way, man. He'll he'll be gone after this year for sure, Ed. Hey, man, we appreciate the call. Great to hear from you. Hey, thanks, guys. War Eagle. That's Ed joining us on the phone lines. 334-321-1390. We'd love to hear yeah, from you Ed as well. getting a little upset with Doug Amos, our uh, counterpart at the midday. I'll say this. I know Doug very well. He's a good dude. Um, he does have – he's been doing this a very long time and has plenty of connections. Um 
all around the state, both in Tuscaloosa and in Auburn. I did not hear the comments, so I'm going to have to defer to Ed there. Uh, but I will say this. I, don't, I think that there's a myriad of reasons why people would go to one school over another. And in the case of Ryan, it all, and, and I do agree with Ed here that Auburn will pay the going rate, right? There's a going rate for Ryan Williams. It's not like Alabama's not paying him to go there. Right. Yeah. I mean, and, and it's really high. You know, I, I, I don't have many sources at all and, and really don't want any, but I've heard upwards of that number being three quarters of a million dollars a year for him to go to your school. Well, take the money part out of it. And, and as we get into all the Auburn news and football, we're going to talk about this for, for the, pretty much the remainder of the show here. Take the money part out of it, okay? Look at what's happening at Auburn football right now. Look at the momentum, as Ed is talking about. He's spot on here. Look at the momentum that Auburn is building within the football program, okay? This program was in the lowest of the low, the worst spot it's ever been in the history of its existence. I'm talking even with the Gene Chizik stuff and years past. I don't care. This program, from a, from a, I guess, a perspective or like an outlook, people on the outside were laughing at Auburn so hard, and Auburn was an embarrassment, on the national stage in college football. But now, everybody has taken notice, and they're like, oh, wow, look at what's happening down there. People hear it. People see it. Coast to coast, north to south, and east and west. They understand what's happening here, and they see the momentum that's being built. And when you start getting big-name coaches and big-name players to come on and be a part of this thing, Hugh Freeze as your head coach, you keep big names like Cadillac on your coaching staff who mm-hmm. took the world by storm when he was the interim here. You start hitting the recruiting trail and you remind people, hey, we're still here in the lower portion of the state of Alabama. Don't forget about us. I know the former staff made you do so, but don't forget about us. And when you start flipping guys from Florida and Georgia and Alabama and you start getting the biggest names in the state and in the country to commit to this program and commit to the future and you put together a pretty good football season given all the circumstances in year one. I know it wasn't perfect, but you put together a decent year for year one given everything that had happened and given the guys at hand. You have all that come together. Why would somebody not want to be a part of it? I think the only thing you can claim is the uncertainty. And that's fine. That's fair. You're going to have that in every program with a new head coach. There is a level of uncertainty across the board. Does it matter? Does it matter if you're talking about Auburn? Does it matter if you're talking about Texas A&M? Whether you're talking about whatever new coach at a new location. But why would a big-time player not want to be a part of what's happening at Auburn right now? Because there's exciting stuff happening. And we have so much to talk about today, but... Why would you not want to be a part of it if you're a big-time player when other big-time players have already taken the chance? Well, for too long, I think, and I'm with you, for too long, I think that there's been way too many people on the outside, uh, way too many people, especially in the national media on ESPN, who have sold Auburn in in its football history and tradition short. Right, So that's something that Auburn's going to have to overcome over time. You're looking at a team that's easily a top 15 program historically. I've said this till I'm blue in the face. I saw a meme today on X that there have been only 18 teams play for a BCS championship in the BCS championship game. Guess who's done it twice? Should have done it three times. Got the shaft in 04. 
Okay, so Auburn's a really good football program that's done a great job over a long period of time. They've won multiple conference championships, multiple national championships. They've put multiple people into the NFL. It's not like it's, uh, oh, I don't know, no offense to them, Alabama A&M or something, right? I mean, this is a big-time business and football program. I mean, even SEC, this isn't Mississippi State. Right. This is Auburn. Yeah, so it's one of the big six that the whole conference went realigned. Auburn was part of those six that the whole thing was balanced out on. So a tremendous tradition there in totality. But let's just unravel this a little bit closer with Ryan Williams himself. His dad's an Auburn grad. I'm sure he grew up going to Auburn games, and not to mention, at some point, you got to start really looking at, is Nick Saban going to be there in three years or Hugh Freeze? Right. Right. And think about that from a from a young player perspective as well. And of course, talking about the news, uh, five-star wide receiver Ryan Williams, as we expected he would, reclassified from the class of 2025 to the class of 2024. What does that mean? Well, it means he can start taking official visits for this cycle. And the massive expectation is that he's going to make his rounds. And we'll talk about what that means and a lot more coming up here on the show. Let's get to the phone lines again, though. 334-321-1390. And Spectre, you're on the line. What's up? Well, uh, I want to answer, I guess, comment on what Ed was saying. You know, you got to remember, I've said this before, you know, Doug's a bammer. And... uh you expect him to say something like that. Uh, you know, um, T-Bone took what I was going to say about Williams. His parents both went to Auburn. But, uh, you know, I may have a lot to do with it. Well, I mean, look, look, Specter, Doug is definitely uh, an Alabama fan. And, and will, he'll tell you and, that. And he will tell you that, right? There are yeah. people out there in the media that – are big-time Alabama fans, not just in the state but nationally, but will try and say that they're, oh, above any kind of fandom or bias. Whatever. If anything was proven this year in college football, especially with the national media, is that all media people are fans first and bias second. And that's a fact. Mm -hmm. Hey, y'all remember that movie with Tom Cruise and Gooding Jr.? Show Me the Money. Yeah, that's come full circle now, you know. Yes, it has. So, you know, these, these kids, you know, show me the money. I, I'm, I'm sure that was mentioned at one time or another to, to Williams, but um, or even Williams may have said it himself. Look, some people are saying, Specter, that I know that really follow high school football in the state of Alabama far greater than I ever have thought about it, and they're experts at it, that Ryan Williams – is not only one of the best wide receivers they ever say come out of the state of Alabama, but one of the best players ever. He's demand that kind of talent in today's world with the above board payment in NIL demands money from every school. Do you think if Alabama wasn't going to pay him close to three quarter of a million dollars to go there, that he would still consider the tide? That they're so great that they don't have to pay money? Right. So, I see this, you know, it may, I hope I'm wrong, but I see this bleeding down to the high school kids themselves before they even graduate. Well, why did he go ahead and reclassify? Because he's not going to get paid three quarter of a million dollars to say at Sarah Land next year or ever how much money he's going to make in college. So, I'm with you. Yeah. He's that you're going to start seeing more and more of these kids 
get enough credits and get on out so they can get paid just like you saw when they opened it up into the NFL for younger college students to get to the NFL. Well, I want to bring something up, another subject matter up, if y'all don't mind. Yeah, go for it. You know, high school soccer is is really uh, popular. Mm-hmm. And it's going to be more popular with the increase of uh, population. I'll just say that. So they play soccer. That's their football. And Auburn needs to get on board to have a men's soccer team. I know about, I know about uh, the, uh, what do you call it, the, the ruling, the NCAA ruling. Yeah, yeah, yeah. And I think there's a, I think a couple of SEC teams do. I think maybe Kentucky has a men's soccer team. They do. But, uh, yeah, the SEC's got to get on board with that because soccer is going to be very popular in high school mm-hmm. next next several years. Yeah, and, you know, what those things come down to is – look, here's the unfortunate thing is outside of the major three sports, and this is just a fact, college athlete, college sports don't make money. They don't. They, they don't make – like none of those sports are making – profitable money for the university there there's so much that happens there they're funded by the other ones and it's great that they're there and we want them to be there i'm not saying that in a, in a demoralizing way at all but just look at the, the the numbers a lot of those sports don't make profit and at the end of the day college sports you know this specter it's about the money you, you talked about it show me the money right yeah that's right that's right hey specter thanks for the call thanks. give us a call Thank at 334-321-1390 jacob did i hear speaking of soccer last night when i watched my dallas cowboys oh, roll philadelphia 33 to 13 can you feel it dallas did i hear that their kicker was drafted in the first round of the mls soccer league yeah. after he bombed a towns mcboomer 60 yarder Right there in the first half to go up ten to seven. Did I hear that correctly? You did. You did hear that correctly. Yeah, they might want to get if if, if their NFL kickers making going Towns McBoom out there from Auburn High School drilling sixty yarders who once played soccer. SEC's uh, schools will soon have soccer teams. Yeah, I can absolutely. You of that absolutely, man. And look, soccer's a growing sport. There's a lot of those. I mean, there's softball's a growing, a massively growing sport as well. I got a sister that plays that, and so. Well, those sports are important, and they need to be around, and they will be around. Um, but you know, Auburn has to, and all these schools just have to to do what's in their best interest. Three, three, four, three, two, one, thirteen, ninety. We'll keep talking football. So much news to get to as we wrap up the first hour. We'll carry it into the second hour as well here on ESPN one hundred six. You are on the line on ESPN one hundred six seven. Call in at 334-321-1390 or toll free at 888-382-7502. Wrapping up hour number one here on the Monday edition of On the Line. I'm Jacob Goins, joined in the Auburn Plaza Bar and Lounge studio is Uncle T-Bone. Got a few more minutes here in hour number one uh, before we take a break, get into hour number two. We're talking all things Auburn football. We got to basketball earlier in the show, uh, but all the news in regards to football. We've had some callers uh, call in and talk about it. We want to hear from you as well. 334 334- 321-1390. You brought up Ryan Williams, and we had some callers bring that up, so let's get back onto that train for a second. Uh, Ryan Williams, the five-star wide receiver in the class of 2025, uh, the longtime Alabama commit, 
we we figured this was coming. This is something that's kind of been building for a while. Um, but he did officially reclassify for the class of 2024. And what that means is that he can now start taking official visits for the the 2024 period and we know that you have the early signing day coming up in uh next week right next wednesday and then you have the regular signing day in february so he can start taking visits and guess what he's going to visit auburn and auburn is going to be in this thing until he puts pen to paper and there's a lot of auburn fans that are excited about this as you should be um i will say just don't get overly excited. Don't, and if it doesn't happen, don't be bummed, right? Let me, and I'm going to say that right now at the start of this whole saga because it's going to be crazy for the next couple of weeks here. Don't get bummed out if it doesn't happen. I'm not saying it will. I'm not saying it won't. But if it doesn't happen for Auburn, if you don't get Ryan Williams, it's okay. It's more than okay. You are fine. Look at what Auburn is bringing in in the receiver room without Ryan Williams. He would just be not just the whipped cream, not just the cherry, not just the sprinkles. I mean, he'd be everything in between on top. But your receiver class already is really, really good. I mean, it's one of the best, maybe the best that Auburn's ever brought in through the recruiting ranks, not to mention you added a portal receiver in this class as well. Yeah, uh, Saturday, Robert Lewis, wide receiver from Georgia State, a former two-star from three years ago who who went to the Panthers and has gone up there in Atlanta and made a name for himself, a career 1,000-yard receiver for Georgia State. Um, golly, in 2023, had 70 receptions, 877 yards, and seven touchdowns. That might have led every Auburn receiver combined this season it feels like at times his film is awesome man yeah he's a player he is definitely one of the uh, top wide receivers in the portal Auburn had been targeting him since the moment he announced I would probably look for another receiver to come in from the portal uh, Jacob and a couple of offensive linemen at least I had some people asking me does this mean that you're worried uh, T-Bone are you worried about any of the receivers we have decommitting because this guy's here I was like no in the high school ranks yeah no and I was like no because I do feel like there's going to be a few more uh, Auburn players on on the roster that may leave from the wide wide receiver position too I'll tell you this one thing I know that's happening here is this year Hughes taking guys in the portal that are going to be here in the spring Mm-hmm. and this kid will be here in the spring he'll be here in the spring he had a game this year with six catches 200 yards and two touchdowns and this guy can play and I know there's some hesitancy when it comes to receivers in the portals because Auburn kind of swung and missed this year I don't think this is a swing and miss I think this is a good addition and we have more to talk about with this with Ryan Williams and with some guys that are on the team who decided to come back for one more right. year. All of that and more coming up in hour number two. Plus, Jacob Hillman of the Auburn Sports Network will join us to catch us up on everything going on in Auburn athletics. That's coming up in hour number two here on the Monday edition of On the Line. Don't you dare turn that radio dial. You are on 
the line. Live on ESPN 1067, Auburn Opelika's sports leader. Online at ESPNAU.com or on the ESPN 1067 app. To be on the line, call in at 334-321-1390 or toll free at 888-382-7502. You are on the line with Jacob Goertz. You're on the line here on ESPN 106.7, Auburn Opelika Sports Leader. Happy Monday, everybody. Hope you're doing well as we get underway here in hour number two on the Monday edition of On the Line, the show that tells you like it is and holds nothing back. I'm Jacob Goins. He's Uncle T-Bone, and we're inside the Auburn Plaza Bar and Lounge Studio as we get underway here in hour number two. We appreciate the Auburn Plaza Bar and Lounge for being our wonderful studio sponsor each and every day between 2 and 4 p.m. here on the Auburn Opelika Sports Leader. If you missed any of the first hour, talk some Auburn basketball with the Huge win over the weekend in Atlanta when they beat Indiana by 28 points. I mean, just a a huge win for this team. Uh, the best performance they've had this year by far. Uh, Uncle, Uncle T-Bone, you said the best performance you've seen from them in a couple of years, and I think that's yeah, I uh, think up for discussion back, for sure. I think going back to when Kentucky came to town, yeah. when Jabari Smith was here and Walker Kessler and the Tigers really controlled that game almost from opening tip and got stronger in that game as it went on just like they did Saturday against Indiana. I say you got to go back to then to see when uh, when Auburn's played that well in a regular season game. We talked about that in the first hour. Um, we started talking a lot of football, had some great callers in the first hour as well. So if you missed any of that, be sure uh, you can go and catch up with the podcast. Wherever you get your podcast, just search on the line or go to our station website at ESPNAU.com. That's posted after each and every show. Coming up here in hour number two, all football talk here. We got a lot to get to. We didn't quite get near all of it. Uh, so we're going to talk a lot of football uh, for Auburn in this second hour with recruiting, transfer portal, and uh, some key names coming back right now for Auburn football and, and everything else with uh, with what that has entails. I mean, there's so much to talk about there. So that's coming up here in this hour. Plus, Jacob Hillman of the Auburn Sports Network will join us. We'll get caught up on everything going on around Auburn athletics with football, basketball, men and women's. Uh, you have gymnastics getting going. So lots of things to talk about with Jacob Hillman but that's in 30 minutes until then phone lines are open give us a call 334-321-1390 whatever's on your mind how are you feeling about the news of the weekend for Auburn football and that's what we start this second hour with Uncle T-Bone we mentioned uh, and want to start with this again Ryan Williams has reclassified from 2025 back to 2024 he can now start taking official visits he will be visiting some of the biggest programs in the country and Auburn and Auburn fans really want this guy, man. They want they've got four of the five that they wanted. This would be the 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 five, the freeze five is what people keep calling it. And um I said to end the first hour, this would be huge, but don't be disappointed if it doesn't happen and we'll see where it goes. I mean, if you were totally locked in with a team, would you be taking official visits? Yeah. 
I, I mean, mean, I you know, look, I, well, I would you know, be very concerned about that, especially since, especially since apparently he took an official visit this weekend to Tuscaloosa with his uh, and his grandmother even came to the visit. I mean, wouldn't you come out and say, "Hey, I reclassified. I'm going to Alabama. I'm shutting it down," and then start recruiting for the team that you're committed to, like Perry Thompson and all the other people like Walker White have been doing so far this season? Yeah. Well, I mean, you know, you've got the Dabo Sweeney state of mind where if you're committed to Clemson you do not go visit anywhere else and if you do you're out like you do not come to Clemson so I don't agree with that I think that's an old school way of thinking especially in today's world but you can see that Alabama fans they're starting to get a little worried a little bit about what's happening down here on the plains compared to what's been happening in Tuscaloosa for the last 15 years I mean the momentum is 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 here the momentum's building and Mm -hmm. if Auburn can somehow pull Ryan Williams from Alabama that would be another flip from the Crimson Tide it'd be another flip from an SEC school and it'd be the best player the best players in the state of Alabama would all be coming to play for Hugh Freeze in Auburn and I mean I can't tell you the last time that happens I can't is Alabama's recruiting so pitiful compared to normal that they're having to beg people to reclassify to get their numbers up this season I mean, let's let's think about this for a minute. Let's take a look at Auburn's in-state recruiting, specifically at linebacker, okay? Which is probably one of the best linebacking classes that Auburn's had in my lifetime Ever. if it stays together. Mm-hmm. You got the number one linebacker in the state and Demarcus Riddick, one of the top linebackers in the country committed to Auburn out of Clanton. You got That was Joe, an SEC flip. And he flipped. Annie Flip from Georgia. Yeah, Joseph Phillips, four-star out of Tuskegee, who a lot of people aren't talking about, who may be one of the best players in this class. Flip uh, picked Auburn over Georgia. Mm-hmm. From 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 folks I talk to that follow recruiting a lot cl- more closely than I do, that he was one of the top five players on Georgia's board defensively. You got the Barber kid, D'Angelo Barber out of Pence, and he plays it. Clay Chalkville made the tackle to save the state championship against Sarah Land. He's a four-star. And then you, you then you throw in out of state, just into Mississippi, Jamonte Waller flipped from Florida, 6'2", 225, outside linebacker, four-star. And Alabama, on the flip side of that, has taken a three-star who's an Auburn legacy that Auburn didn't even recruit. Now, I'm sure he's a good player in QB Reese, but that's a three-star. When's the last time Alabama really – Put a took a three star that's best offer outside of them is Arkansas State. Mm-hmm. Yeah, it's been <laughs> so th- times are changing out there on the on the recruiting trail, folks. Mm-hmm. It and is. Auburn is making it a point to first get back to being very competitive, if not the best in state, because for years now Nick Saban and staff have just rolled Auburn in state. I'll say this about Ryan Williams one more time before we continue into all the news. It is expected. It, look, don't expect don't expect this to be an early signing day thing. I mean, this that's literally next week. Um, that's not going to happen. He has official visits set for later on in the cycle, and it is the expectation. It's the feeling right now that Auburn is going to have the final official visit for him. When he's here that first weekend of February, I think it's the second through the fourth on those dates. And then the dead period starts right after that with signing day a couple of days after that. So 
Auburn is supposed to get the final visit for him and we know what it means not all the time but what the impact is of the final visit I think the first visit's important and I think the final visit is important and if Auburn does get the final visit of Ryan Williams and if Auburn gets the success on on early signing day that they expect to have you just never know what could happen I do want to talk a little transfer portal as well because there is some news. Well, hold on, before we move on to Go that, ahead. Let, let's set this up so everybody understands what we're talking about. Next Wednesday, December 20th, mm-hmm. is what's considered early signing day, right? That kicks off the early signing period. But for almost all purposes, it's the de facto official signing day. But About 90%. But official signing day is Wednesday February 7th. It's that first Wednesday in February that historically has been the big day where everybody, uh, all the big dogs walk late and sign their papers and there's all these uh, press conferences and oh, Ch- yeah. Chucky dolls and puppies and, <laughs> and ESPN's just Backpacks pumping up and, 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 making and, oh, yeah. a, and making a top pile of money on it. So Ryan Williams has decided that he's going to reclassify, which he's a junior. He's going to come out early and play college. Instead of his senior year in high school at Sarah Land, he's going to play somewhere in college, hopefully Auburn. And so, but, but he's been committed to Alabama for quite some time because Brian Harson and staff here did not even recruit him, even though he's an Auburn legacy, which should just be grounds for us not ever paying him another nickel. But that's a different story for a different day. And and now and now he's going to not sign next Wednesday. He's going to wait till February seventh and go on official recruits. Although he's uh, unofficially officially committed and going to Alabama. Mm-hmm. That's the story here. That's your story. You sticking to it? Oh, I tell you what, that story <laughs> that is that story is going to be a moving target. But you said it best. Even if he doesn't come to Auburn, if he goes to Alabama or somewhere else, Auburn's also out like linebacker got one of the top wide receiving classes so far with commitments that are all expected to sign next Wednesday at Auburn, December twentieth. Not just in Auburn history, but in 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 recent recruiting history. Mm-hmm. Cam Coleman, five star, Phoenix City player, Perry Thompson. They they say he's a four star on rivals. I, why? He's a five star. Yep. Wide receiver, flip from Alabama. Uh Bryce Kane. We've seen him Auburn high in the playoffs out of Mobile. Four star. Good to see Auburn getting back into Mobile, Jacob. Huge recruiting. That is Bama recruiting fertile ground right there. And there are some and, players down there too. Oh, there's some animals down there. No doubt about it. And then Malcolm Simmons out of Alex City that most people are forgetting about six foot one eighty four-star beast what i'm hearing from a lot of people is he's the best pure athlete in the class Mm -hmm. so auburn's doing a heck of a job and they're going to be fine but ryan williams sure would be the cherry on the cake it it definitely would and and we're going to keep track of that as we go and it's going to be a lot of fun to track it and i think it'll come down to the wire uh, on february 7th when it comes to the high school recruiting rankings and of course we'll be covering it between now and next wednesday for uh, the early signing period and we expect auburn to have a big day on wednesday to flip over to the transfer portal tracker which is something you can keep track of minute by minute because there's updates every 60 seconds it seems like Uh, auburn has lost their ninth player 
to the transfer portal. Uh, the defensive end, Wilkie Denod, has entered the transfer portal for Auburn. He's the ninth player in there. Um, didn't play this year as a freshman out of the state of Florida. So, um, again, this just seems to be – and look, I think he can be a really good player. I think he can be. But when you look at Auburn's transfer portal losses – there again, Uncle Tebow, nothing against these guys. There is yet to be somebody leave where I'm like, man, that 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 one hurt. That one stung. It that's one that Auburn couldn't afford to lose. I haven't said that yet with all nine guys that left. And and look, best of luck to them. I hope they, they go and find somewhere better, but I haven't felt that Auburn had any big losses here yet. No, Auburn's cutting dead weight right now. I'm just telling you, that's what's happening. And they're going to be replaced by high school players and transfer people that are more um, dialed in than the buckshot approach we had to take in the portal last year because we just had to get some numbers of roster just to have normal practices. Auburn's cutting dead weight right here, folks. Now, you're going to see a lot of people outside of the Auburn area uh, who do not um, follow Auburn football as closely as we all do or have an agenda tr- just to try and report something negative about the momentum that Auburn has both in the portal and on the recruiting trail say, oh, man, look, nine players and there's going to be more. Look at how many players. Ah, right. And none of them are going to be missed other than just being a spot on the roster. Mm-hmm. And here's what I like when you start talking about transfer portal additions. Uh, we talked about uh, the uh, receiver that Auburn picked up, Robert Lewis, who is from Georgia State. Go watch his go watch his film on YouTube. There's plenty of videos. Uh, this guy this guy can play. I mean, he's a better route runner than anything Auburn had this year. I'll just be honest with you. Um, guy had better stats. He's a better route runner. Um, he his signs is a little concerning for some people. I don't think it's an issue. I think he's going to be a really good receiver. And add that to the recruits we just talked about. If you add Ryan Williams in there. I think Auburn's going to have some really good receivers from recruiting in the transfer portal, and you mentioned it earlier. I don't think they're done there. And the other thing that Auburn fans should be happy about before we get to uh, probably get to a break, and then we'll get to John on the phone lines. You have offensive linemen left and right coming for visits here in the transfer portal. I mean, you have you have guys uh, that are scheduled to come in the next couple of days you had a guy on campus visiting yesterday you have guys announcing uh, that they are taking official visits this coming up weekend multiple multiple transfer portal offensive line and what have we always said what have we been saying a good program should always take guys in the transfer portal from the offensive and defensive line. Agreed. They should always do it for starters, for depth, for practice squad. I don't care. You yep. can never have enough of those guys. Yeah, you're going to see that trend continue as long as Hugh Freeze is here. He will every year at least have guys in here from both the offensive and defensive lines, Jacob taking a look at Auburn and him taking a look at them and coming to Auburn. And I, I, I expect every year to there be at least one to two offensive linemen coming in out of the portal. That's just going to happen. It's a trend in college football, and I think Auburn has completely bought into that process. You're going to see as many offensive linemen as they can possibly take that are top-notch offensive linemen not just taking three stars in big numbers because you got to have the numbers you can get that in the portal Mm -hmm. and they're already proven and any of these guys on the offensive line in my opinion who are in the portal 
or or already at Auburn and decide to stay instead of going pro or automatically a four-star get or better. Just like with Keontae Scott deciding that he's going to stay at Auburn today. Auburn defensive back. That Huge we all news. Love. Huge, Huge news. news. That's almost like signing a five-star defensive back. Okay. Speaking of five-star defensive backs, we haven't even mentioned that K.J. Bolden is in highly in the mix at Auburn. Yep. I suspect that Auburn will come down to the wire with that. And uh, look, man, there's other big names that after the break that we can get to because they're working their tails off over there on the recruiting trail. We'll talk about all of that, plus get to John when we come back on the phone lines. 334-321-1390. Monday edition of On the Line continues after this. ESPN 1067, online at ESPNAU.com or on the ESPN 1067 app. Let's get to the phone lines once again here on the Monday edition of On the Line. Got a couple of callers waiting, so we'll get to them because we have Jacob Hillman coming up in about nine minutes or so from the Auburn Sports Network, 334-321-1390. John, you're on the line first, man. Thanks for holding on through the break. Uh, No problem. I got a quick question. I remember last summer, I believe it was Ryan Day, said that the top recruits were now demanding five grand just to come visit. And somebody asked Nick Saban about it, and you know, Bama, of course, doesn't pay people to come visit. But I have a friend of mine who's a bowl gator down in Florida that you know gives money to the program, and mm-hmm. he told me that's pretty much true that the top recruits are demanding money for visits. Have y'all heard that? Oh, most definitely. I promise you that there are Alabama people that are are paying uh, commits to come visit or or, or potential players. And I don't think it's just Alabama. When he says that Alabama doesn't pay, no, no, the athletic department's not scratching a check. Okay, but somebody affiliated with that NIL is paying top people to come and visit. And that's probably been going on there for a long time and just about any school that's in the top of recruiting for a long time. I guess they're saying that's legal now to pay the high school kids. Yeah, I mean, I don't know how legal it is, but, you know, <laughs> I mean, I think that there's a lot of gray area. There's even more gray area in the rules now when it comes to potential payments. And not to mention all the things they get on their official visits, right? I mean, sure. the, the, the care right. packages and the treatment and the food and, and the, the housing, the hotel, all that stuff. You know what I mean? All that on official visits, the rules, that can be paid for, right? And then that's the big difference in unofficial visits where they can show up on their own time and the school can't accommodate for that type of stuff on those official visits yeah it's pretty much fair game on behind closed doors i just remember ryan day complaining because they were trying to get a visit from a kid and he demanded five grand to come visit and uh i really hadn't heard much about that until last week and my friends said no that's that's pretty much standard practice now yeah that's yeah. standard operating procedure now no doubt about it and especially if it's an unofficial visit do you think right. that do you think that say some kid from that Auburn's recruiting out of oh I don't know uh, Oklahoma is just going to uh, uh, load up in the uh, the Griswold family truckster and ride across <laughs> the country and and pay for their own hotel room during a game day weekend against a big time opponent? Right. I no, that so you got you got to get them some cold hard cash to those families to get on the flight. To coordinate it, to get them uh, food, mon- you know, money for uh, for food and 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 to get hotel rooms. That's ha- that's that's going on everywhere. Anybody who says that they're not paying for visitors is a liar. 
Gotcha. All right, guys, enjoying the show. Keep it up. Thanks so much, John. 334-321-1390. We'll continue on the phone lines. As Terry, you're on the line, man. What's up? Hey, Jacob. How y'all doing today? Doing great, man. On a Monday, beautiful day, and, and blessed to be here. Yeah, Tevin, I agree with you, because I, I used to say this about Tua Tungavailoa. People leave paradise for Tuscaloosa all the time, right? <laughs> yeah, I mean, I, I know if I lived and was raised in Hawaii, that my first choice to move my family across the country would be to Alabaster, Alabama. Sure thing, yeah, buddy. Yeah, that, that made all the sense in the world, didn't it? Yeah, um, okay. Don't know what else is going to happen with next Wednesday signing day or in the future, but I know this. Uh, Hugh Freeze and his staff are doing to Alabama what Alabama did to Auburn when Nick Saban got there. Uh, I like that a lot, yeah. They're flipping guys. And, uh, and they're, they're out there working. There were guys that were heavy leans to Auburn in those days. They weren't, had no paragoner because they wouldn't be in recruited because you knew Tommy Tuber was going out the door. There were guys that got tattoos of AU on their forearm and had committed to Auburn and then flipped on signing day and wore a straw hat up to Auburn High School and embarrassed himself in the entire community to go to Alabama. Yeah, and T-Bone, there was a guy whose father was a backup running back at Auburn and he went to Alabama, and he chose between Alabama and Auburn right there on TV, right beside his father who played at Auburn. Mm-hmm. And also had invited all his buddies over from Opelika High who had already committed to Auburn to come to the signing day uh, press conference at Auburn so they could all celebrate, and then only to get them over there and rub it in their face that he was going to Alabama. So strange things have happened, yes. And keep this in mind, uh, Jacob T-Bone, if Ryan Williams ended up going to Alabama with a day with a transfer portal, he could be at Auburn next year. Corey Grant was. He could, yeah. And I think that's something that people forget about. You know, if he, if him or any other player that goes there or goes anywhere, right, if they go and it's just not what they wanted, or heck, maybe he sees Auburn it's like, man, they're having a lot more fun over there than I am or, or anything. Or Nick Saban retires after yeah, he signs. Exactly. That's I'll tell a huge you this. Point. I'll tell you this, Terry, and I've been saying this for a hot minute, and I love that you just brought that up because I, I'm going to be honest with you. If I was a big-time five-star stud football player and they were going to pay me 750 k to come over there and play it at the school and I'd demand all that money up front, I'd play a season and then I'd enter the portal and say who's going to pay me more next year. Yeah, exactly. And I know that sounds ridiculous, but the way Jordan Travis got treated by the national media this year where they just used him and hyped him up all year, and then he finally got hurt and they just threw him to the wolves and blamed him for FSU not getting in there. If you're going to make money off of me when I'm healthy and I'm killing it, and then you're going to throw me to the wolves and throw me under the bus when I get my leg broken, I'm going to get as much out of this system as I possibly can while I can. You're right, 100%. No, no different subject, guys, but I was curious to get your thoughts on the deal that the kids signed for $700 million for the Dodgers. Oh, yeah, Otani, man. That was that we haven't even mentioned that yet. It, I do want to talk about that really quickly, Terry. Hey, we appreciate the call, man. 334-321-1390. We got a minute or two before we get to break and get to Jacob Hillman. Let's talk about that for half a second. Shohei Otani signed – with the L.A. Dodgers, which is no surprise, and Braves fans everywhere just sighed, $700 million for a 10-year deal. That is $70 million a year to play professional baseball as a pitcher and a hitter. And here's what they did. They took a, a very high pitcher's contract and a very high hitter's contract, and they combined the two for a 10-year guaranteed deal. For one particular player, that is insane. It's insane. But here's what I'll say 
They did it for a reason. And they did it because they know it's going to work. And they know it's going to be profitable. Which is insane. The fact that they can write a $700 million check, not all at once, but you get what I'm saying here, and they know they're so confident that they're going to make money on it, they're willing to take that big of a gamble. Isn't that wild? Only in America, man. There's been much gnashing of the teeth over this, and I've, I've heard people say, you know, how can you pay that kind of money for someone to play sports? And I'm like, look, you know, this is what capitalism is all about. If you can get it, get as much as you can. And here's what I'll say to loop all this together. I've been saying this for years, ever since I've been on this show and even before I was on the air in Sports Talk Radio. That is the prime example of why money will always go up. It's never going to take a step back, ever. $700 million, that's nothing compared to what guys are going to start getting. Oh, and you yeah. are going to see in the next five years the first billion-dollar contract. And guess what? That goes to college sports, too. That goes to NIL. It's never going backwards, folks. It's only going to get higher. You stole the words out of my mouth. I was going to say it. Here soon, you'll see the first billion-dollar contract. It's like the government, Jacob. Once they start taxing you, they don't ever cut those taxes, do they? No, they're never going to go backwards. Why in the world would they do that? If they can get X out of you, they're going to try and get X, Y, and Z out of you. People are greedy, man. The money's only going to go up across everything in your life. You better believe it, which is unbelievable. But that's the world we live in. We'll talk to Jacob Hillman of the Auburn Sports Network about all things Auburn athletics when we come back. Jacob Goins on ESPN 106.7, Auburn Opelika's sports leader. We've got 30 more minutes here on the Monday edition of On the Line, the show that tells you like it is and holds nothing back. I'm Jacob Goins. Joining me in the studio, as always, on Monday, Wednesday, Fridays is Uncle T-Bone. And as always, on Monday afternoons at 3.30, we get to Jacob Hillman of the Auburn Sports Network, who joins us on the phone lines now. Hillman, happy Monday. Hope you're doing well. And uh, I think you had a pretty busy weekend of uh, some sports and traveling, did you not? A little bit. I made it up to Atlanta to take in Auburn basketball against Indiana. I went to the Falcons game. So a good weekend in Atlanta and obviously a successful trip for Auburn basketball. Yes, it was. Well, let's start right there as Auburn goes on the road uh, to a neutral site there in Atlanta for the Holiday Hoops giving, and they come out with a 28-point victory over the Indiana Hoosiers, putting up 104 points, best performance by far this season. Uh, You had six different Tigers in double digits. What did you see from the State Farm Arena there in Atlanta on Saturday afternoon? Yeah, this is another performance like a few weeks ago that we had that uh, like Virginia Tech where it was hard to complain about anything quite frankly in this game you scored 52 points in both halves and you really you started off kind of slow uh Indiana started off hot it was it was kind of funny because listening to Jalen Williams on the Regions Bank postgame show he was talking about how when Indiana came out firing from those threes they were looking at uh, Coach Stephen Pearl who had the scout for the game like uh do we need to play this more and obviously <laughs> The shooting cooled down a little bit right. uh, for Indiana quite a bit. But I just thought Auburn stuck to the game plan, even being down 12 early on. And obviously that end of the first half was an incredible performance. And this team all around, up and down, I, it's, a, it's an incredible box score to look at because every single guy that got minutes 
made it valuable. Uh, Jani Bruma didn't have a great scoring performance, but he grabbed seven rebounds and dished out three assists, only turned the ball over one time, blocked, had two blocks, two steals. So no matter what, if, they, if, you, were, if you were scoring or not, you were contributing in some form or fashion. And I, I thought that was the best all-around performance we've seen from this team. Coach Pearl was extremely pleased with it. said it's about as good as you could play at this point in the year for any team. So, uh, like I said, if, if, if you want to nitpick anything, I don't think there's anything. You, you, you win by 28, it's, it, it's difficult. I guess it would be Janai uh, shooting one for six, but, man, that, that's that's really getting – I think that's, that's, that's asking a lot just for him to, to score every single game. Huge win by the Tigers at State Farm Arena. I was there also, Jacob. It was a lot of fun. Um, Auburn's going to head up to Huntsville this uh, Wednesday, take on a little UNC Asheville. What are, we, uh, what are your thoughts on, uh, on that game up in North Alabama? Yeah, this is going to be a, another tough test, but obviously a little, a little bit easier than, than in Indiana. Uh, this team's not going to be as talented, but it's still a team that uh, has a chance to do something uh, in the Southern Conference, it's, it's conference. It, it came, I think, it won its conference last year within uh, the NCAA tournament. So it, it's not a game you can overlook. But what I think is a big deal, and always is a big deal, is whenever you play. You know, you just played in Atlanta. Now you're going up to Huntsville, so you're hitting all these different hot spots in the Southeast where Auburn fans uh, go to. The Auburn family is going to be strong. The I know tickets are are, are, are not cheap for that game, and it's sold out. So uh, excited to see that, but. I just think that it's more about finding consistency. Obviously, you're coming off two games that were, were, were a little bit different uh, for this team. So you go to App State, and you don't shoot the ball well, but you play well enough to win. You just, you just couldn't uh, make enough shots. And then you go and play Indiana and play nearly a perfect game. So you want to make sure you play more like the latter. And make, you're not going to play a perfect game every single uh, time you go out there, but – when you play these games, you want to make sure that you are uh, finding some consistency. And I think it's something Coach Pearl talked about after the App State game is that was like a game on the road against the seventh or eighth or ninth best team in the SEC. This is going to be similar to that, but you're not on the road. So I, I think that he wants to see what his goal was out of that App State game. But obviously with more of a home court advantage, he probably wants to see – a little bit better than that. So uh, the UNC Asheville team, they, they, they scored the ball pretty well, averaging over 80 points per game. So that's going to be something to look out for. I think this defense will get tested again, uh, and it's important for this defense to continue to improve and get better. We know early on that was kind of the, kind of the, the, the point of emphasis for right. uh, Coach Pearl and the staff. So I want to see it continue on Wednesday. Well, Jacob, something we've been talking about on the show today when talking about Auburn in basketball, we've had a couple of callers bring it up as well, is is the what should fans' expectations be for this team, right? Because within a week's time, in two games, you saw probably the lowest of the low for this team when it came to a shooting perspective, and then you flipped it around six days later, and you got the highest of highs and, and probably one of the best games a basketball team's going to play all year in the game of college basketball. So where, I mean, that's what we've been discussing is kind of where those expectations should be for this team. And, and I, I kind of put it on around 80-point performance a game and around 50% from the field, 30 to 40% from three, and 80% from the free throw line. Yeah, I think that this team... I really do think the ceiling is extremely high for this team, and I don't 
really think the floor is as low as that loss to App State because I think that was kind of a, an outlier of a shooting performance. And if you make a couple of those threes and half of those missed free throws, then you obviously win the game or or at least are within a possession. So I, I'm really not looking at that game as necessarily the floor. Uh, obviously, you hit that, but I, I think that what you saw on Saturday is closer to what you can expect than what you saw last Sunday. Now, with that being said, like, like you said, you're not going to shoot 50% from three every time. You're not going to score under points every time, but I think this offense really is uh, finding its groove, it, it was great to see Aiden Holloway and Denver Jones start to shoot the ball with confidence and and, and make it because that, that was something that I think Auburn was missing a little bit. Obviously, Aiden with five threes, that, that gets him SEC freshman of the week, but I, I thought Denver Jones coming out and, and finding ways to, to score offensively what, what was a really critical point in that first half and then obviously Jalen Williams tied his career high as well. So I, I just think that when you're firing on all cylinders like that, this offense, the ceiling is, is, is forever. Now, defensively, again, that's, that's kind of where we've been talking about all year is what, where are they going to settle? And I, I think what we saw on Saturday was they stuck to their game plan and it worked out really well. Now, Indiana, like most teams have in second halves and that's just basketball, scored more. So I think that's something Coach Pearl's looking for is finding a way where this team will play better defense in the second half than they did in the first half. So, uh, again, that's what I'm kind of looking for on Wednesday against a less talented team, but a team that is good offensively. So uh, I think I think Wednesday will be a good test for this defense. Jacob, apparently uh, Auburn fans are so excited about the Music City Bowl that – uh, the first allotment of tickets sent to Auburn were sold out f- so fast. They they sent another allotment, and it sold out very quickly. Also, when does bowl practice begin? So, yeah, the, the Auburn family is clearly very excited about about this Music City Bowl, just being in a bowl game again, obviously last year missing out. And being in Nashville, that's it's just another incredible location for this team. So there are plenty of opportunities to – uh, go up there and support the Tigers. You, you can go on SeatGeek. Uh, uh, the official sec- secondary ticketing partner of Auburn Athletics and still get tickets there. Uh, but, yeah, it, it sold out uh, both allotments through the athletic department. So it is going to be a very pro-Auburn crowd in Nashville, I think. And uh, I, I believe full practice starts this upcoming week. Uh, there's going to be a Saturday media availability uh, with Coach Freeze and I think a few players. So, it, 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 it's getting here. We're about to get to that point where I think we're going to start seeing uh, some transfer portal commits as well as some of those final high school commits uh, in the coming weeks with signing day in nine days. So uh, we're about to hit an exciting, but we're talking basketball, but we're about to hit an exciting part uh, with Auburn football as well as we get ready for uh, Nashville and signing day in nine days. Jacob Hillman of the Auburn Sports Network joining us on the phone lines as he does every Monday here during On the Line on ESPN 106.7. Speaking of this Auburn team, I mean, so many transfer portal updates and recruiting updates and even current guys on the team updates. And a big one that we received today uh, via a video on his social media, star defensive back Keontae Scott is coming back to Auburn for another year man tell us tell us what this means for for this defense and for this team from a leadership and just experience and just a skill standpoint for Auburn football in 2024 
Yeah, obviously the big thing about Keontae is that he makes an impact on defense and special teams as well, being the primary punt returner for the Tigers. But I, I think especially defensively is where that's going to be a play a key factor. You're going to be losing guys like Jalen Simpson, DJ James in that secondary, Zion Puckett, BMI Pritchett as well. So having experience back there, because I think there's going to be a lot uh, of new faces in the secondary. We talked about in the preseason and all season long how the experience in that secondary is, is what you love about this team. So next year, it's going to be kind of the opposite. You're going to see a lot of new faces, and uh, you're going to be relying on guys that you haven't seen. So having Keontae Scott back to kind of lead that charge and really uh, be the leader is going to be really important for the secondary. So I'm excited to see him, and obviously – Again, when, when he's returning punts, you never know. Like, that Arkansas punt return was, I think, the first time he had made an explosive return, but it, it really felt like he had been well overdue for that. So I, I think next year can be another big year for that aspect as well. And when you look at the just the transfer portal, you know, you've had uh, Auburn lost their ninth player to the transfer portal today, but you've got uh, multiple guys visiting uh, over the next few weeks. And of course, signing day, the early signing day coming up next week, Jacob, uh, with the, uh, what is it, Wednesday on the 20th for that. I mean, there's just so many things that we're going to be able to talk about over the next few weeks, man. It's going to be a busy, busy time on the football side of things. Yeah, it, w- it was interesting. There, officially, there was, it was pretty quiet in the portal I felt like this weekend you had a couple guys enter and you had a couple of commitments but I I don't think we've really seen uh what we're going to see in the coming weeks because I I just think that things are really about to pick up speed and and guys are going to realize uh that they need to make a decision soon and and go ahead and do that so again like I said that that December 20th date might be uh the hot day but I think this upcoming weekend could as well so I'm really excited to see uh, who's who's added to this uh, Auburn football team for 2024 in the coming weeks? Jacob, give us uh, and our listeners some updates on other things happening in Auburn athletics and things on the side of the Auburn Sports Network before we let you go. Yeah, Auburn women's basketball got another big win on the road uh, at Little Rock yesterday, winning 58-45. It was a big win for uh, Coach Jay and her squad. Going back uh, to her home and, and seeing a lot of her family, it, and, and doing that, you know, Auburn has plays at Little Rock pretty much every year, and, and Little Rock's gotten the best of Auburn a couple of times, but uh, that was a good defensive win. Jemiah Mingo Young, she was kind of the player of the game, scored 11 points, had six rebounds, four assists. I think this team is starting to figure things out as far as how they want to game plan and play offensively. Honestly, Scott Grayson was the leading scorer uh, with 12 points, so uh, I, I'm excited to see what they have coming up. They've got five straight home home games leading into SEC play, including this Wednesday uh, at 7 Central against Alabama State and then Saturday at 2 Central against Norfolk State. So get your ticket to aubtix.com or tune in on 100.3 FM uh, with Britt Bowen and Dr. Larry share this week uh, as the Tigers take on Alabama State in Norfolk State. Uh, Auburn men's basketball, we talked about the UNC Asheville game. That's on Wednesday at 7 Central. Uh, you can tune in on Wings 94.3. Uh, Andy Burson, Randall Dickey, and Brad Law will have the call. And then Thursday, we'll have Tiger Talk, our final Tiger Talk at Baumhauer's Victory Grill of the year before we take off for the Christmas holiday. Uh, we'll have Stephen Pearl, and we'll have Jeff Grava on that show, getting ready for Auburn Gymnastics. The preview meet is this Friday at 7 Central at Neville Arena. That's free to attend. So if you want to come out and uh, take in some gymnastics, that's the perfect time to do it. You don't have to worry about tickets or anything like that. Just show up to the arena at 7 Central on Friday night. So we're getting into the winter sports, and, and I'm excited to see what the gymnastics squad has 
uh, in store for us next season. Awesome, man. So much going on in the world of Auburn athletics as uh, just so many things with basketball, the winter sports getting going and football still all the offseason things. And of course, uh, like I mentioned, the winter sports getting underway as well. Jacob Hillman of the Auburn Sports Network joins us every Monday at 3.30. We appreciate your time as always and uh, let everybody know where they can find you and find everything going on with the Auburn Sports Network. Yeah, follow me on Twitter at Jacob Hillman AU and follow at AU Sports Network as well on Twitter. Everything I just said about those broadcasts, those details will be on the Twitter as well as Instagram. So you can find everything there when we get uh, to game day as well as Tiger Talk Day. Awesome, man. Thank you so much for your time as always. And we'll have you on uh, next Monday. And then uh, we'll take a break, obviously. don't. We won't do a show on Christmas, so we won't make you come back on Christmas really? Day. Yeah. You're not that committed, Jacob. Come on. I, I, I'd be here for Christmas, all right? Wow. Okay. Okay. All right. Just throw me under the bus. That's fine, man. We <laughs> No, man. Hey, we appreciate your time, brother. We'll talk to you next week. I always enjoy it. Thanks, Jacob. Thanks, Steve. I'm Four Eagle. That's Jacob Hillman of the Auburn Sports Network, who is with us each and every Monday and claims he'd be here on Christmas. I just don't think he'd pick up the phone. I really don't. I don't think he'd pick up the phone when we called. But, hey, I'll, I'll call him personally on Christmas Day just to see if he answers. Yeah, call me Christmas morning. See if I answer. <laughs> I'm not working Christmas Day. Sorry, folks. 334-321-1390. We'll take our final break, come back, and wrap up the Monday edition of On the Line. the line on ESPN 1067. Call in at 334-321-1390 or toll free at 888-382-7502. Winding down here on the Monday edition of On the Line inside the Auburn Plaza Bar and Lounge Studio. Got a few more minutes. Shout out and thank you to Jacob Hillman of the Auburn Sports Network. Been a great show today. It really has uh, flown by, man. And the content we're going to be putting out and the shows we're going to be having over the next I don't know, six months at least plus. I mean, with the content and just the news that's going to be breaking is going to be unbelievable. Then we'll get into the summer with talking season and all that good stuff. But so much to talk about, and there's nowhere else you need to be than ESPN 106.7 and ESPNAU.com because here on our show today, you've got Doug's show before us, you've got us, you've got the drive afterwards. I mean, seven straight hours of local sports talk radio, man. Where else would you want to be than on ESPN 106.7? So if you missed any of our show today... Yeah, you're not... I don't think you're going to get that anywhere else in the state of Alabama. Shoot, in the country, man. How about them apples? (laughs) If you missed any of our show today on the line from 2 to 4, you can find the podcast wherever you get your podcast. Just search on the line. And also, you can find it at ESPNAU.com. Talked about Auburn basketball today with their big one over Indiana. Talked a lot of Auburn football with Transfer Portal, high school recruiting, guys coming back with Keontae Scott. Uh, I'll talk a lot more about that tomorrow and a lot more of the football side of things on tomorrow's show. Double D, Daryl Dapper will join us on the phone lines tomorrow as well. So uh, looking forward to that. And Uncle T-Bone, we got a couple of minutes. And before we get out of here, we've got to make a a very special shout out for Michaela, our wonderful intern, show producer who graduated this weekend from Auburn and is now one of us. She is an Auburn grad. And so wanted to shout her out and all her wonderful work. You're going to be here tomorrow. Is that right? She's undecided if she's coming in tomorrow. I don't know how it's a decision or not, but she's coming in tomorrow, she says. So uh, shout out to her and uh, congratulations on a graduation from Auburn University another one another one joins the family of Auburn grads yeah well congratulations Michaela I'm sure it did not take you seven years to graduate like it took Uncle T-Bone but hey I did it 
I got the diploma on the wall and now you do too. And no one can ever take that away from you. And uh, it's been a pleasure getting to know you. You've got a bright future and you're a very sharp young lady. Thank you so much for helping us out here. It's been a, it's been a real pleasure. Well, there's one thing that an Auburn diploma will do. It'll carry some weight, man. It'll carry weight. I don't sure. care what it's in. When people see that name on the diploma, it, it means something. And I'm excited for that, excited for you, and excited for what you do after this. She will be here tomorrow. I'm sure she'll hop on the air at some point tomorrow. But we got to talk about the Heisman tomorrow. We didn't even get to that today. Her One of her two guys won. I, I was poking fun of her earlier. She had two out of the four guys, so she had a 50-50 shot to get it right. But Jaden Daniels did win, so we got to talk about that tomorrow as well. And so we'll talk about that tomorrow. We'll talk more Auburn football tomorrow. I'm sure there will be more transfer portal updates with either guys leaving or guys coming or visiting or, or declaring they want to come here or whatever um high school stuff and again double d daryl dapperts will join us on the phone lines tomorrow so um that'll be then and then you'll be back with us on wednesday uncle t-bone for rivalry wednesday where we'll talk with jordan hill and austin hannon talk football and basketball because there's a lot going on in college basketball right now yeah wednesday night up in huntsville folks espn plus seven o'clock auburn unc Asheville. unc Asheville won their conference last year so that's another solid mid uh mid-may and maybe not even a mid-major team that Auburn's taking on I'm telling you they better they you cannot take those teams for granted we found that out in Boone North Carolina against Happy State uh Huntsville a uh, always been a very very strong uh fertile recruiting ground for high school basketball in the great state of Alabama good to see Auburn get up there uh, a lot of Auburn graduates in Huntsville working mm-hmm. up there in engineering and other areas so I love that they're moving around and, and playing in different places but I'll say this real quick after seeing what I saw Saturday uh, at State Farm Arena wonderful place to watch basketball I'm not I'm not so sure Neville Arena is not one of the best places in the country to watch a live basketball game it's awesome man Neville Arena really awesome yeah yeah and i think i I, this might be blasphemy but i think i like going to basketball games better than football games. whoa okay okay how about them apples hey big home game this weekend when usc and Bronny james come to town on sunday who lost their first game with him in the lineup long beach state university in overtime baby we can talk about that in a whole lot more tomorrow on the show two to four right here on espn 1067 until then he's uncle t-bone i'm jacob going stay safe i'll talk to you later